Hey guys, and welcome to the Trillions Podcast, where we talk all things crypto and investing. In this episode, I'm going to be giving you my 10 reasons why everyone should own Bitcoin. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. The first reason why people find Bitcoin attractive as an investment is its scarcity, as there will only be 21 million Bitcoins ever to be minted. So generally speaking, scarcity is a reason that drives prices up, And we've all seen how expensive paintings from famous artists go for at auction houses, or even classic cars for that matter that have lasted the test of time. Prime real estate is another great example where land is scarce. Then we have the likes of jewelry, watches, and even Pokemon cards. So let's just take a first edition Charizard card as an example that is in near mint condition. The current bid stands at $150,000 at golden auctions. And the auctioneers believe it could go as high as half a million dollars. Now, you must be thinking, who is crazy to be buying at these levels? Well, YouTuber Logan Paul bought one for $150,000 very recently. So I guess if there are only few of these things around the world, and if there is a large enough group wanting to get their hands on it, then more dollars, pounds, euros, yen, on any other currencies will be chasing it, and the price will go up. The same concept applies to Bitcoin. There are 21 million Bitcoins and 7.8 billion human beings. Just taking that one step further, if we take the population and divide it by 21 million, we would see that the average person owning roughly 0.00268 Bitcoin per person. That just puts things into perspective of what the average would look like. That does not take into account the 3.7 million that is lost, burned, or even forgotten. Now, you must probably be saying, hey, gold is scarce as well, right? That is technically correct. It is right for now, but we do not know what the final supply of gold will be. We may find a large supply somewhere on this planet that will introduce additional supply risk and could impact the value of gold. We've all heard of 16 Psyche, right? So you know that asteroid that is nestled between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter? Well, that very asteroid is loaded with gold, platinum, iron, and nickel. So why don't we cast our minds back to the shale oil revolution in the US. If either the price of crude oil increases to a point which means it is profitable to frack, then companies will do it. Or if further technological breakthroughs enable it to become cheaper to frack, then companies will attempt to do it as well. So using the same logic for a certain future price of gold, or if the economics of sending rockets to space become cheaper, then companies will go to space to mine gold. So it is scarce today, but we do not know if it's going to be scarce tomorrow or even in a future point of time. Reason number two is stock to flow. Another way to analyze scarcity is by looking at the commodity stock to flow ratio. That just basically means the amount of commodity that is stored, i.e. the stock, and the amount of commodity that is produced each year, i.e. the flow. Commodities like oil and copper tend to have very low stock to flow ratios, and that's just because there is a large volume relative to its price and they are also costly to store and transport, and there is only a handful of months of supply at any one time. Precious metals such as silver and gold have high stock-to-flow ratios. In silver's case, it's around 20 or 30, and in gold's case, it's around 50 to 60. Bitcoin stock has increased over time, and the rate of new coins being produced decreases after each halvening period. Therefore, its stock-to-flow ratio will keep increasing after each halvening cycle. Presently, its stock-to-flow ratio is in the high 50s and it puts it close to where gold sits. 
However, after 2024 or the fourth halvening, Bitcoin's stock to flow ratio will be over 100. At this point, based on gold's stock to flow ratio today, Bitcoin will become more scarce than gold. Plan B has modeled the Bitcoin price based on the stock to flow ratios. And we can see that in his charts, after each halvening, there is a jump in where his model expects the price to be. He has a price target of $100,000 to $288,000 by December 2021. Number three, Bitcoin is deflationary in nature. We already know the supply schedule, therefore we can accurately calculate its inflation figure, which is 1.8%, post the halvening in May 2020. Most central banks around the globe usually have an inflation rate target of around 2%. This means that since May 2020, Bitcoin is supposed to be more sound money than most fiat currencies globally. This is all due to the halvening that typically happens every four years and up until now we've had three. When Bitcoin is invented for each block on the chain which happens around every 10 minutes, 50 Bitcoin was rewarded to miners, which you can think of as the supply flow of Bitcoin. That has diminished to 25, then 12.5, and now it is 6.25 of Bitcoin per block. That means there are 900 Bitcoins being mined each day down from 1,800 prior to the 10th of May 2020, which as I mentioned was the last halvening. Looking into the future, the max supply is expected to reach around the year 2140. Reason number four, Bitcoin is gold 2.0. Gold has been and still is a great store of value and is also a medium of exchange. However, there are lots of drawbacks in holding gold. It isn't portable, i.e. you're not able to transport it easily if you own a lot of it. It can be confiscated by the authorities. If you own a bar of gold, it is difficult to make payments, i.e. it's not divisible. If you hold a significant amount of gold, then you would most likely need to have a bank or a custodian to deposit it with and fundamentally trust them more costs and more reliance on a central authority. Bitcoin resolves all of these issues and still retains good money-like qualities that gold does not. For example, it is easily portable within a hardware wallet or even an online wallet. It cannot be confiscated as you own the private keys. You could pay with your Bitcoin to purchase goods and services and you're able to make international transfers quickly and cheaply. In terms of converting your gold or Bitcoin to fiat currencies, Bitcoin is almost instant and can be done anywhere in the world as long as you have an internet connection. Therefore, Bitcoin takes all the properties of gold and combines them with the properties that we have with money, therefore solving two problems at once. That's why we hear Bitcoin as gold 2.0 or the digital gold of the future. Now, if the world comes around to Bitcoin as a digital version of gold, we've already have a leading indication as to what Bitcoin should be valued if it's considered to be gold-like in the digital space. The market cap of gold is currently around 10 trillion and if Bitcoin becomes digital gold then taking the market cap and dividing it by the circulating supply gives us an estimated price. So at this present moment given the circulating supply of 18.5 million we can say Bitcoin could be approximately $540,000. This does not take into account the possible 3.7 million Bitcoin that has been lost, burnt or just forgotten. Therefore removing them from circulation this represents about 20% of the circulating supply at this moment of time. If that's the case, then the real circulating supply is in fact lower. Therefore, the price that was mentioned of $540,000 will be higher. Reason number five, Bitcoin's code is law. Bitcoin's total supply is a permanent rule that is public. And most importantly, no one can change it and anyone can check this for themselves. However, when you compare this with governments, 
These institutions can print as much money as they like and there is nothing we can do about it. Companies can also issue more equity again and there is nothing we can do about that as well. Bitcoin cannot be manipulated by governments, banks or companies and that's what makes it attractive from a short, medium and long-term investment perspective. We know that there will only be 21 million Bitcoins ever to be issued, nothing less or nothing more. Reason number six is for payments and transfers. Prior to Bitcoin, international transfers or payments were time-consuming and also expensive, with fees ranging from above 3% and even sometimes above 10%. Bitcoin does have fees, however, it's a lot lower than the conventional methods of transferring money internationally. Fees can vary depending on Bitcoin's price and also the usage of the blockchain. If we compare Bitcoin to some of the largest banks in the United States, then we can see fees ranging from $25 to $35 in comparison to $7 for Bitcoin at the time of this recording. The remittance market is huge and the number of individuals who are having to pay large amounts of fees to banks in order to wire transfer funds back home. Just to put things into perspective, according to Allied Market Research, this market is valued at roughly $682 billion in 2018 and is projected to be $930 billion in 2026. This was one of the major selling points for Bitcoin in the early days. However, new cryptocurrencies have emerged since then that are significantly cheaper at sending money cross-border than Bitcoin. Number seven is its transparency and decentralization. By owning fiat currency, it means that you not only have no transparency into past transactions within that particular currency system, but also where your taxpayer money goes and it's unclear how much money is being printed. If we take the example of the Federal Reserve, they are printing money every day and also inflating the economy in the process. As a participant in the system, we do not have insight into the future monetary policies and there is no way of being able to audit them. With Bitcoin, you're able to verify this via the public ledger, which means it is fully transparent. Number eight is its accessibility. Compared to the last cycle, this time round there is better plumbing in the system such that any retail or institutional investors can purchase Bitcoin or any cryptocurrencies for that matter. There are a number of exchanges and platforms across the world, which means it shouldn't take too long for anyone new to the space to make their first purchase. We've seen in the recent months the likes of PayPal announcing its 300 plus million users will now be able to purchase Bitcoin, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash and Ethereum. Other than cash, they envisage crypto as another medium of exchange with their merchants. Whilst this is a great boost for adoption for crypto in the short term, however, there are some drawbacks in the way that they're choosing to use the technology. I'll make a separate podcast on this in the future. Reason number nine is the network effect. Just like social media platforms such as Facebook, the network effect have generated value for these companies. In Bitcoin's case, it's derived from its first move advantage. Bitcoin is like a social network. However, instead of being able to express yourself, it's about storing and transmitting value. Using the example of Facebook, it is not hard to set up a new social network website as the business model and the code is very well understood by now. So anyone is capable of making a competitor. However, Creating the next social media platform or billion user network is very challenging. But if anyone is successful, I promise you there will be a large reward for them. This is because a well-functioning social network without users or trust or uniqueness is completely worthless. Think of all the failed social media networks prior to Facebook. Think of MySpace as an example. The more people that use it, the more people it attracts and the cycle continues and that makes it more and more valuable over time. The same can be said for Bitcoin. 
Last but not least, number 10 is the macro backdrop. Bitcoin was created and launched after the previous financial crisis of 08 and 09. We saw large bank failures followed by enormous government bailouts and widespread international adoption of quantitative easing by central banks. Satoshi Nakamoto's protocol was an attempt to create a store of value in the way that it was scarce and verifiable, a bit like gold, and to be completely opposite to the money printing that was going on at the time. If we fast forward over a decade now, the crisis we are facing right now due to the COVID-19 pandemic is even larger compared to the previous one, as we see bailouts occurring across industries and spending towards furlough schemes leading to the money printer going brrrr. The contrast between what is going on from a macro backdrop perspective of quantitative easing around the world compared to the quantitative tightening of Bitcoin as it's gone through its third halvening is so polarizing. Therefore, the scarcity of Bitcoin is ever increasing compared to the growing abundance of fiat currencies. Now, taking all of this into account, we're starting to see the likes of hedge fund managers taking positions in Bitcoin to hedge against money printing and inflation. We have seen legendary hedge fund manager Paul Tudor Jones comparing Bitcoin in the 2020s to gold in the early 1970s. We've also seen the likes of Stanley Druckenmiller advocate this asset as well. The narrative is now expanding into the corporate world as part of their treasury asset. Bitcoin is now seen as a store of value instead of cash or treasury bonds. The likes of MicroStrategy and Square are the first movers from the private sector to hold it on their balance sheet. This could lead to the next wave of institutional investors to take this asset class from the billions to the trillions in terms of its market cap. So there you have it guys, 10 reasons why you should own Bitcoin. If you are considering to purchase Bitcoin or any cryptocurrencies for that matter, feel free to use my referral code for Coinbase and earn $10 or equivalent in Bitcoin. Full terms and conditions are in the description box. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening. If you found this content helpful, feel free to share it with friends and family who are not aware of crypto or if anyone is on the fence. If you would like to support this channel, feel free to leave a review on your podcasting platform such that it finds its way to others. If you want to follow us on other social media platforms, then you can find us on YouTube by searching Trillions full stop. And on Twitter, our handle is Trillions underscore media. That's all for this podcast. And with that, I'll catch you in the next one.